Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. Today's episode is episode 53, all about getting it done. I have a special guest with me. Her name is Tasha Booth, and she runs an incredible company called The Launch Guild. This is a digital agency for entrepreneurs and driven leaders who are looking to outsource a lot of the things that they don't want to be doing in their business in order to truly get it done. I'm excited to have Tasha here. We've built a relationship over the past few months because she is one of the incredible mentors in our Scale Up Business Accelerator program. She literally works with our clients on a daily basis and hosts bi-weekly workshops to support them in transforming their life and business through strategy, through outsourcing, through building their team, through batching, all the incredible things she's going to talk about here today on this episode. I'm also super pumped because Tasha is going to be one of our panelists at I Heart My Life Live. And she, along with one of our other mentors, are going to be hosting a Get It Done workshop live from the stage. So you are going to benefit if you are in that room. So there's two ways to work with us and to work with Tasha. Get in our Scale Up Business Accelerator or purchase your ticket for I Heart My Life Live or do both. And both are included in our show notes. So take a look after you listen to this episode. All right, this is episode 53 with Tasha Booth. Hey, everyone, it's Emily Williams, and I'm here with Tasha Booth. So welcome, Tasha. Thank you so much for having me. Can you share with our audience a little bit about the work you do now before we dive into your your amazing story? Absolutely. So I own the Launch Guild, which is an online business management and virtual support agency. And we work with um, primarily with coaches and course creators who are already established, who have a first iteration of their service or their program. And then we help them to make it better to amplify their impact and their voice and things. So I actually have a team of 17 that work with me. And we do everything from course and podcast launches all the way to ongoing operational and systems management for our clients. Love it. And I know a lot of people listening will hear the the number 17 and think, oh my goodness, how does that even happen? How do you manage that? So we're definitely going to want to dive into that because I'm curious as well. Yeah. So take us back. I know that you weren't always an entrepreneur in the same way. So take us back. When did your journey towards building this business really begin? Yeah. So I think I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I was definitely one of those kids who, you know, was selling things on the weekends and everything. (laughs) And I used to own a dance and group fitness studio um, about, I guess it's about like almost 10 years ago at this point. So there's always been that, that spirit in me. And I've always enjoyed like supporting people and just helping people. So about three and a half years back at this point, I started a blog and it was a frugal living blog. And my first ever course was on couponing (laughs) and extreme couponing. So uh, that's kind of how I started. And I was just in a bunch of Facebook groups where there were other bloggers and I kept seeing the word VA come up. And at first I had no clue what a VA, a virtual assistant even was. So once I figured out what that was, I saw that I was curating a skill set that a lot of these people needed. And I was like, you know what, I've got some extra time. I have evenings, weekends free. Why don't I do this, you know, on a part time, very part time basis and keep my full time job to pay off some student loan and credit card debt. And I started doing that. And it kind of snowballed from there to the point of, 
eight months in, I was able to leave my full-time job and take this full-time for four to five months in, I was making more in as a VA part-time than I was in my full-time job. Um, and I was, I was a director for two IMCAs. So, you know, it was a, it was a corporate level, you know, high level job, but still I was making more as a VA and, um, it just snowballed from there. And I kind of, uh, fell into it, but ended up loving it. (laughs) Amazing. And when you think back on during that time, when you decided to move from, well, we're, let me ask a different question. Were you still building and selling the course that you created while you were VA as well? Not really. So I kind of, the course was kind of a one-off and I loved it while it was around. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to switch gears. (laughs) Yeah. And so did you feel that creating the course led to some of the tools and skills that you used as a VA? Definitely. Yeah. I was always learning and I really loved, I kind of really started loving course creation and the content piece around that right away. And I love tech. I still do a lot of the tech in my own business, um, even with my large team. So all of that definitely were, were things that I saw that people had a need for and that I was really good at and enjoyed. I think it's really important to, important to point that out because oftentimes people think, oh, I chose the wrong path. I got the wrong degree. I did something previously that doesn't pertain to what I want to do now. And so I'm not qualified. And I think that's total BS because I really feel that everything builds on the stage or the chapter before it and that we can always utilize something from our previous life experience or previous role or whatever it may be in what we currently want to do. Do you see that in your own life? Absolutely. I totally agree with you. So the funny thing is my degree is actually in musical theater and I utilized that that degree for 12 years. I was a professional singer dancer for musicals around the world for 12 years and kind of just decided that I didn't want the feast or famine that was the musical, you know, musical theater life as an actress um, anymore. But what I see even that piece of my journey being applicable to in this, in this part of my business, is the fact that so many VAs and OBMs that I see struggle with the putting themselves out there piece, the marketing piece of it and being the face of their business. And that like is not ever a problem for me. <laughs> you know, I'm okay with going on a Facebook live or, or podcasts, you know, for, for myself and for other people and stuff like that. Whereas for other people that that is a struggle. So bringing in every piece of what I've learned in any part of my journey definitely has led me here and led me to be more successful in my current business. I totally agree. And I was actually just talking to my husband and telling him that we were doing this interview and he said, oh, she has such a great energy. And it's so true. (laughs) You have that performance energy and you're so personable and you do bring such an amazing spirit to the camera or to the, the recording. So I absolutely love that example. Thank you. Yeah. So take us back. So you get to the point where you're making more as a part-time VA compared to this amazing full-time corporate role. And so what was that decision like to give up that, I'm doing air quotes, stability Mm -hmm. of the corporate role and move full-time as uh, into your VA role? Yeah. I think that, first of all, I have an amazing husband who's an amazing support system. So he he's in the Air Force um, and he was actually deployed when I decided to go full-time in my business. (laughs) (laughs) we hopped on a call and I was like, so I'm thinking about doing X, Y, Z. And he's like, go for it. You know, he's like, you've shown that you can make money in this. And it was definitely at the point where, you know, I was at that decision point of I'm either going to jump all in and go for it, or I can't grow anymore because I couldn't take on any more clients where I was 
with only being able to work part time. So he was really about like just going for it and, and diving in. And I've always been a person that is not afraid to just jump into the deep end and say, you know what, if this doesn't work, we'll try something else. <laughs> so it wasn't that, you know, hard of a decision for me. But I think it also just made me realize, okay, I'm all in, I don't have a backup plan if this doesn't work. So I'm going to make this work. Right. And how long had you been working as a VA um, before you decided to do that? Did you say four to five months? So it was about eight months when I left. um, And I actually ended up going part-time at my full-time job because they were like, please stay. (laughs) So I ended up going part-time. And then in January of that year, so it was a full year after I first started is when I went like full, full time into my business. So I kind of did stair steps, which was nice too, to have, you know, a little bit of stability in that. But I quickly realized that it still wasn't working. And I still didn't want to have to be someplace else when my, my spirit and my time were being taken up by, you know, by this part of my business. Yeah, my story is very similar to that in that I did go part time as well. I was a matchmaker for a while. And I had the same mindset as you if if the business didn't work, I would try something else, I would go back, I would get another job, but I knew I had to at least give it a shot. And so I did talk to my boss about going part time. And that worked for a very short amount of time until she discovered my business and wasn't very happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the reason I'm pointing this out is because I do think a lot of people think, oh, it's all or nothing. I really want to run my business. And so I just need to quit my job right now because I have no time. And that can, sometimes it can work, but then sometimes it can create a lot of anxiety. It can create a lot of fear. It can create a lack of stability. And that's really no place to try and bring in clients from that sort of energy. And so I always recommend for all of our clients that they do do some sort of stair stepping as you described until the business has been proven to make money and they feel confident at least as confident as they can be to resign and go full time in their company. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think something that's really important to point out is that a lot of people that I talk to when they're still in their full time job, they have so much angst over the fact that like, oh, I can't take on as many clients or I can't do these things. And I'm just like, you know, have gratitude for the fact that like you have the stability now and are able to still work with your clients and also just like appreciate and honor where you are in your life's journey right right now and stop comparing it to somebody who is full-time in their business, right? So you're not going to be able to take on as many clients as you're going to when you're full-time, but just be appreciative and excited about the, the place that you are now in your life's journey, basically. Exactly. And we all need some sort of investor in our company. And so your salary can be the investor in mm-hmm. your company. So it's a blessing all around. Yeah. So as you move forward, you're full time now, take us back. So you start getting more and more clients. When did you start really getting on the the hiring bandwagon? Yeah. So I spent all of 2018 um, in a year long mastermind for agency owners. So it was specifically around all kinds of businesses that were agency that wanted to become agencies or were agencies. And that was super helpful because it really helped me shift from I am a solopreneur to like, oh crap, I'm the CEO of this. <laughs> um, and really helped me to get the mindset of like a leader instead of just a follower or just a person who's implementing for others and see that this is, that I am a business owner and that this is my business. Um, so that was really helpful and it helped me with the whole hiring process as well. And I think that that was when I started being a little bit more strategic about my hires. Up until that point, um, I had actually hired somebody to help me sub 
contract for for Pinterest management for a while because I had a lot of Pinterest clients. And I did all the wrong things when I hired that first person. I hired them in a season of overwhelm and in a season of like, I just have too many things on my plate. And so I wasn't able to train them the, you know, the proper way and give them the attention that they needed in order to be successful in, in supporting me and in supporting our clients. And so when I went back and said, okay, these are the people, these are the key people that I need to hire. This is how I need to hire them. This is how I need to onboard them. Oh, it opened up so much and it became so much easier than the first time I tried to do all of that. That's such a great reminder. And I'm in the same camp. I made all of those, um, I guess, errors, Mm -hmm. so to speak. They were definitely lessons learned, but I did the same thing. Hiring when it was too late, when I needed somebody like five months ago, hiring when I was overwhelmed, just wanting to kind of pick the easiest person, not necessarily the best person. And uh, yeah, I mean, we have to learn kind of on the job, but it sounds like you learned really quickly and that this mastermind really helped. So you got more strategic. So who were your first hires, the ones that ended up working out really well? Yeah. So my best hire, she wasn't my first, but she's been with us for a little over a year now, um, is my admin right hand in chief. That is her official title. (laughs) And um, her name's Jay Loray and she's my right hand. She's actually going full-time in my business in January because she's so amazing at what she does. Um, And we can talk a little bit more about like my org chart and how I figured out how that I needed her. Um, But she has basically become Become the like eliminated me from being the bottleneck in my business, which I think a lot of business owners get to that point where you realize, like, oh, I'm the stuck point because anytime there's a question or anytime somebody needs something, I'm the person that they're waiting on to give it to them, right? So she eliminated that. Um, and she's kind of our team manager as well as like managing my schedule and my inbox and all of those pieces. And then the next hires, I, I looked at what our clients also needed. So all of our team is client facing. Um, so I looked at what our clients needed. So I hired two more VAs um, that had both admin and tech skills. And then more, more recently, we've been hiring a lot more OBMs, uh, online business managers and project managers, as well as um, graphic designers to support our clients. Um, but my first, first hires were definitely a couple of VAs. And then I added on a graphic designer and then I started hiring the OBMs. So all the, for all those people listening who are new in business, but they know that they're overwhelmed, they know that it's time to bring somebody on, what sort of, adv- of advice do you have for them? Yeah. So I first tell them that there needs to be clarity in figuring out what exactly you need, like what you need support in, because the what you need support in will determine the who you need in your business. Um, So I like to have everybody do a time inventory first and just take seven days, a full week to write down like every single thing that you do in your business. And then take some time to circle those things that you're just like, you know what, somebody else could be doing this. (laughs) So that's probably going to be a lot of things on your list that you can record a Loom video on that you can create a a process for so that it's repeatable and that somebody else can do it. And then from there, we want to take those things that we circle and then we want to start the things that we that we don't have to do that somebody else can do and that we hate, right? So those things are the things that we want to offboard to somebody else first. For a lot of people, that's social media, that's a lot of scheduling pieces, that could be client onboarding, any of those pieces that are uh, replicatable, and that you don't enjoy doing are usually your indication that you need to hire somebody out first for those. 
Yeah. And I think as you move forward in your company, you start to recognize those in real time. So mm-hmm. I'll get this little whisper that's like, Emily, you should not be doing this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throughout the day. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. I should not be doing this. Let's put this in a sauna. Let's assign this to somebody else. And maybe we need to hire somebody else to do it. So I love that reminder. And then for the people who or maybe a little bit further along who say, okay, great. So I have that list. I have the support system in place. Now I'm looking, do I want to bring in someone as an employee full time, or do I want to keep them as a contractor? You obviously talked a little bit about bringing on um, Jay LaRay as, that's her name, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. As a (laughs) full-time employee. And you and I also spoke about this privately. There does come a point where you need someone's full attention and you don't want to be in line waiting for them to get to the project that you need support with. And sometimes there's a lot on your plate that needs to be turned over. But other times it's really just the peace of mind of knowing somebody is there when you need them. So can you talk a little bit about how you've made that shift or some of the factors that contributed for you? Right. So I have several arms to my business at this point, And it got to the point of where Jayla Ray, first of all, was, was working like mostly in in the launch guild business, she had like one or two other clients, but we were like probably at least 75% of, you know, what she was doing every day. And the fact that as my team grows, I realized that I, I need to, I needed somebody who was in that key position all the time. Um, and just looking at our goals, you know, a year ahead, two years, five years ahead, I knew that in order for me to be able to grow, I was definitely going to need that person that was my right hand. So it, it just, d- all of those kind of came together. And I was like, you know what, I'm almost paying her for full time anyway. Why not just jump into the deep end and and just say, yay, I definitely need you. And that's what we decided to do. But I also talked to my CFO about it. You know, we ran the numbers in terms of like, how much more is this going to cost? And there really wasn't that huge of a cost, cost differentiator to say like, oh, no, I'm not ready for this. Once again, it was one of those things that was like, okay, this is scary, but I know that it's one of those growth pieces that I have to say yes to in order to be able to grow even more. And what sort of fears come up for you around that decision? Yeah, definitely the money piece. So what I love about contractors is that, you know, if we have a slow month, I don't have, I pay them based off of the client work that we're producing and that they're producing. So if we have a slow month, they don't make as much, you know, and I don't make as much, but they don't make as much. But having somebody that is full time, I just felt so much more of a responsibility for like, oh, I have to like make sure I make her payroll all, you know, every single month, which is true. But my, my coach brought up a a point the other day. She was like, have you ever missed a payroll for anybody? And I was like, no. And she's like, well, then why do you, why are you afraid that you're going to start now? And I'm like, oh, good point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So at I Heart My Life, we believe that money is your coach. And so when I look at situations like this, or when I have my own fears, I use money as my coach and it's inviting me to go to the next level. Like you said, there's no Mm -hmm. way to grow unless you bring in this person. And so automatically just by making the decision and saying, yes, you are the next level version of the business owner. You've already put yourself in the game as a next level um, CEO. And that's really, really exciting. But exactly, you know, it's exactly how you described it. Your desire to be the next level to grow has to be greater than that fear in order to be able to to move through it. Yes. 
Love it. So I want to know something that is kind of on the same um, sort of topic. So you mentioned the fact that you had this coupon course. And so it's really interesting when I think about coupons, because I'm not somebody who uses coupons. I mean, everyone loves a great deal. Um, But I'm wondering, did you have to do much money mindset work? um, And when you were building your business, as you were bringing in more money, as you were maybe raising prices, what were the top money mindset shifts that you had to really move through or or create in order to get here? Yes. So I did, and I continue to do a bunch of mindset work and especially around money. Um, I think that we all have our money stories and, and it really stems from like what we've been taught and what we, you know, have believed about money all the time. And for me, it was that money is hard to come by and that money is a scarce resource. And when growing up, like we always had enough money, but it was always like just enough, you know? So it was like, paycheck to paycheck kind of thing. And so figuring out that and understanding in myself that I believed that and that I believed that if I raised my prices, that people weren't going to be able to pay them, that I wasn't going, that I was going to lose all my clients and that nobody would be able to pay me and that people were just looking for rock bottom prices. Um, I think that those were the two biggest things. I see that a lot with virtual assistants and, and online business managers specifically, but just probably also with just any business owner that they look to their left and they look to their right and they see somebody that's charging considerably less than them. And they think like, oh, in order to be successful, I have to do it this way. Whereas they're not thinking about all the other pieces that they bring to the table. And so I had to create that own list for myself in terms of like, what is the differentiator? Why would somebody pay more, you know, to work with the launch guild than they would to work with somebody else? And the fact of the matter is, you know, we have excellent track record. We have experts in what they do. So nobody's a generalist. Everybody is an expert at what they do. And we bring results and calmness to those clients. And those are the things that aren't necessarily like revenue generating pieces for them, but just are like the things that make an ease in the business, which makes them want to continue working on their business. So yeah, it was definitely a lot of money mindset things for me that I'm still working through, of course. Um, But those were kind of the big ones. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to remember the quality of the business that you're running. I mean, even a simple example, I went to get my shellac nail polish taken off uh, a few weeks ago. And I'm new to LA still. So I don't know where I'm necessarily supposed to go (laughs) to get this done. Um, And there's like a million nail salons. So I went into one and I quickly realized they were using like super cheap products. The experience was not good at all. And although it was like $10 for to get this nail polish removed. The chemicals were really harsh. It just wasn't a good experience. And so that really was a small reminder to me of, you know, you get what you pay for. And so if someone's out there looking for a deal, then they can't envision that they they can't, I guess, assume that the work that they're going to, they're going to receive or the, the, actual um, product or the people who are helping them, they can't assume that that's going to be top notch or high level if they're just always looking for a deal. And my whole thing is like, let's pay the amount that something is worth to get the best quality service. And then it won't need to be done again. Then you don't need to need to have it redone or you won't have any angst or you won't waste time or you won't waste money. And so it's really important to make that shift. I love that you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that you work with our scale-up clients on is really honing in on what's going to move the needle for them. And one of the conversations that you and I have had is around 
the desire for entrepreneurs to do all the things. And so can you talk a little bit about really prioritizing and how that has affected your business in a positive way? And maybe even some of the pitfalls that you see entrepreneurs falling into as they they move forward and want to do all the things. Yes. <laughs> no, and I totally understand being a multi-passionate entrepreneur because I am 100% that person. <laughs> so I get it. Um, and I get you know the whole shiny object thing when it comes to the online space. It's really, really easy to fall into because there are so many things. There are so many possibilities that we can do. And I like to tell people, people ask me, all the time. Like, how do you do everything that you do in your business? And I say, number one, like I didn't build it all at once. I think that that's a huge thing to recognize that I decided what was going to be the priority um, and what was going to be the first thing that I worked on. And then I made sure that that thing had a strong foundation and also had support in terms of team support and other people that I could count on to help me continue that and grow that piece before I added on the next piece, you know, and then the next piece after that. So I like to look at it in terms of number one, what is the priority? And then number two, because I do understand wanting to do all the things, I actually now have a list in Asana that is called my brain dump list. So it's a project that I created and it just says like Tasha's brain dump, right? And anytime I have an idea for something or some a new program or new service that I want to offer, it goes on that list. And then quarterly, Jay LaRae and I look at that list and we say, okay, what are the things that we actually want to take action on on this list? And what are the things that like after re-looking at it, like that's not a very good idea. <laughs> we just eliminate those things. But I think that it's really important to then take whatever piece that you're going to, whatever you decide is your goal, and then to really build it out to its full potential instead of just, you know, throwing things against the wall and kind of seeing what sticks. That's not the way to create sustainability. That's not, that isn't overwhelming. So we want to create something that's sustainable, something that's profitable, and something that doesn't overwhelm us. And the best way to do that is one at a time and build on each other. Yeah, because otherwise you're not giving anything your full or or best amount of attention. So I think that's so important. And there are a few pieces here that I really want to pull out for people. Number one, I love the brain dump concept. I have my own brain dump. And one of the ways in which I use it is... just putting down any questions I have, any talking points, any any things I want to anything I want to bring up to the team, so that it's all in one place. I also use it for ideas as well, which I love. And then I love the fact that you now have this other person in your company where you're evaluating what's actually important, what's going to move the needle. Is this a right now sort of a goal, right now sort of a task, or is this something for the future? Or do we just want to throw that out that because it's it's never going to happen? It's not <laughs> what we want. Um, and so you're not alone doing this. You have another kind of sounding board. And I think it's so important for visionaries, especially to have that juxtaposing integrator role, that person that is also there in their corner saying, hey, you know, this doesn't sound like a good idea, or the team doesn't actually have time for this right now, or let's revisit this next quarter. Let's look at our goals right now and make sure that this pertains. Um, Because sometimes we do get caught up in being creative and wanting to go to the next level much quicker. And ultimately, time when we have this 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 fear of of not having enough time, that causes shiny object syndrome. That causes us to put too much on our plate. And instead, what I really love that you support our clients with is we need to be deliberate with our actions, recognize that we have more than enough time, and that we actually need to give each project the attention it deserves for it to be fully created and fully profitable and um, just fully powerful. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, once again, I get that it's, it's super hard to do that, but I've just seen in my own experience and anytime that I tell people to do this and then they actually follow through with, you know, taking their time on it, they're like, Oh, now I get it. You know, this, this feels so much better. It's been so much more profitable because you've gone all in on that one thing. Yeah, totally. Are there any mistakes that you've made in your business that you wish you could go back and and transform or do again? Oh gosh, <laughs> where do I begin? <laughs> um, definitely, I would say hiring the way that I hired in the, the first time that I hired was definitely one of them. Um, when I look back on it and look at how not not supported that was for the person that I hired, it just it goes on me, right? It's all about me not not being able to support them in the way that they needed to be supported. And now I think that I definitely do a much better job of that um, in in terms of how we train and how we hire the launch. Um, I think that that's kind of the biggest thing. Um, everything else has been, yeah, I've probably made a mistake in it, but it's been one of those experiences where, where I've learned from it and said, okay, how am I going to be better in the future? Exactly. Yeah. I always hesitate asking that question because I feel like everything does happen for us. And I remember I was on a podcast a few years ago and someone asked me that and I was like, oh no, I haven't made any mistakes. And I genuinely felt like that, but I feel like the past few years I've been, I've made so many mistakes. (laughs) I wish I could go back and just answer that question differently. Right. Um, So one of the other things that I love that you practice and that you teach uh, our clients and scale up, and also I'm sure your clients is this idea of batching. So can you talk a little bit about how batching has been important and and what you batch in your company and how that serves you? Yes. So I'm a huge fan of batching. So batching basically just means that we are working on one thing or one type of thing all at once, right? So it can be that we batch all of our blog posts for a month or any given time. Or um, I'll give you the example of my podcast. So um, my podcast is called How She Did That. And we actually batch quarterly. So four times a, a year, we I take a whole week just to do podcast related everything. So that means that that whole week, like I don't do any discovery calls, team meetings are canceled, everything else in my life other than podcast related things are canceled. And I record all my solo episodes. I record all of my guest episodes. And then from there, all of that is done. We can send it to our editor. We can send it to our copywriter to do show notes and everything. But all of my part around the podcast is done for the next quarter, which frees up so much time and energy because I then really don't have to think about my podcast again until the next quarter. (laughs) So that's been a huge game changer in terms of like, don't, I don't have to change up my energy energy or change my focus and then lose focus based off of that, I can continuously focus on one thing for a given amount of time and then be done with that one thing and then be able to move on entirely to the next thing. That's brilliant. So four out of 52 weeks of the year, you're working on the podcast. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Love it. Okay. The other practice that I know that you are um, passionate about is similar to the workshop that you hosted for our clients a few weeks ago. So can you talk to people about kind of what we're calling the get it done workshop? I don't know if you call it that. (laughs) No, Um, I love it. (laughs) The get it done workshop and what that's all about. Yeah. So what we did in um, scale up a couple weeks ago was we had two hours where we did what's called Pomodoro. So Pomodoro is a productivity technique or productivity hack where you have a timer that you set for 25 minutes and you work on 
one thing for those 25 minutes. So I um, told the ladies, okay, maybe you want to work on blog posts. Maybe you have social media that you know that you should be doing and that you haven't scheduled yet, right? Maybe you have a website page that you know needs to be updated, but you haven't taken the time to do that. So come prepared with a list of what you already need know that you need to work on in your business and that it just hasn't been a priority. You haven't gotten it done for whatever reason. So we work on that one thing. And then we kind of debriefed off of that thing, um, had answered, you know, had time for them to, an- to get their questions answered and everything to get feedback on that. And then we did that again. So we did four rounds of it. So what we're going to do at I Heart My Life Live is we're going to do something similar, but start off by what are the goals? What are your big rock goals for 2020? And then what are those smaller rocks in terms of what are the actions that need to be that need to happen in 2020 in order for you to be able to get to those goals. And then from there, let's take those actions and let's actually do some of that, those pieces. So we'll have time to implement and to start the implementation process on what those, you know, on, on the action towards getting those goals accomplished. Love it. And I know that you're all about action, just like me. And so you've all already let the cat out of the bag here. You are going to be one of our incredible (laughs) panelists at I Heart My Life Live. And you're going to be hosting this beautiful workshop and going to actually get people to take action on their goals starting that day and the days that come after the event, which is going to be really, really huge. And I want everyone listening to really understand that this is something that's available for you. And um, not only is Tasha going to be there, one of our other mentors, Emily Walker, is also going to be there. And they're going to be able to support you in moving forward. And we're not meant to do all of this alone. I love everything you're sharing, Tasha, but you've also mentioned that you have mentors, you have people in your corner that are supporting you and helping you see not only possibility, but see where you might want to shift, you might want to kind of lean into your growth edge, move past some fear up level, and just challenging you to be the next level version of you. So can you talk a little bit about what people have meant in your life and and for your own business trajectory? Yes. So I am a huge, huge proponent of coaching, whether it be in a group setting, whether it be one-on-one something, because you just, you can't see your blind spots yourself. You know, no matter how hard you try, there are certain things that you can't see yourself. And that doesn't necessarily mean mistakes that you're making. It just means opportunities that you may be missing out on or places where you're just being too hard on yourself and you just need to relax and like enjoy the moment and celebrate what you've accomplished. And so I know that for me, mentors have been all about that, have been helping me figure out like what those next steps are for myself, have been helping me celebrate where I would have just, you know, moved on and kept going. And and they've been the ones to say like, no, let's stop and like celebrate this moment and all that you've accomplished. So um, I think that especially when it comes to coaching, but also I'm so excited that you guys are doing this live event because I think that there is something so trans transformational about like getting in a room with other people who have your back, who are excited for you and who understand like what it is you're building, um, that it just doesn't happen online as much as we want it to. It just, it, you can't replicate that online. So that's, that's what excites me about this too. 
Yeah, totally. I agree completely. And one of the things that you've shared um, openly with us is that at the beginning of building your business, you actually did a coffee chat every single week with somebody new to build connections and create those friendships and really network in a way that was more intimate than sending an email or responding on someone's social media post. And I love that. And so I just wanted to bring that up because for anyone listening, obviously we want you to be at I Heart My Life Live. And there's something you can do right now. You can and literally connect with the other women who are attending the event. Or even if you're not attending the event, you can book these incredible coffee chats with people and build those connections, form accountability groups, really um, have the opportunity to go deeper instead of just saying on the staying on the surface, which is all ultimately, you know, what what happens online, um, and also grow your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I loved the coffee chats that I did. Um, this was all through, through 2018. So all last year, and it was just so exciting to learn about other people's businesses, to see what was working for them, to see what they were doing and to be able to support them. Right. It's, it wasn't just about me, but it was even more so about them and getting to know each other on a human level, which I think sometimes we forget when we're so ingrained in this online space. (laughs) Totally. So what are you excited about for 2020? It's right around the corner at the time that we're recording this. What's next for you? Oh gosh, everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So my huge goal for 2020, and I'm saying it out loud because it scares me. And so the more I say it out loud, the more it becomes real. So uh, the Launch Guild's goal for 2020 is to become a half a million dollar business. And we are just excited about what that means for us and what that means for amplifying the impact that we've already started creating this year. Um, for our clients and the opportunities that are going to come up. So that's our big thing. <laughs> Amazing. I thought you were going to say something like 2 million. Like I already oh, see God. you as a 2 million. <laughs> for real. I was like, oh, she's the ones to hit multi-millions. I already see that. I see you there. So if that means anything, take that, receive it. Thank and, you. I will receive yeah. that. <laughs> so what scares you about half a million? Um, I think stepping into like, I fully understand what I need to do in order to accomplish that goal. But I think it scares me just like, well, what, what if I don't hit that? You know, um, I have the, I, I don't know if you do any or follow any of the Enneagrams, but I'm an Enneagram three. So I'm definitely like a type A personality and I, I'm very goal oriented. And so I always want to hit whatever goal. And so it just scares me. The what if scares me, but, but it also scares me in a positive way. Cause I'm like, this is totally possible. Like I can totally do this. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I know a lot of people feel the same way. Like what if I hit re- or I set this goal and I don't reach it? How am I going to feel? What are people going to think? Blah, blah, blah. But you know, the surefire way to not reach a goal is to not even set it. So right, yes. <laughs> we have to remember that. Well, I see that for you. That's amazing. Thank you. Okay. So final question. What we ask all of our guests here at the I Heart My Life show is, can you give our listeners one way in which they can create a life better than their dreams? Oh, yes. Um, So I think that doing one thing that feels like it's a pipe dream right now in some way, doing that one thing um, and making it part of your current reality is how you can do that. So for example, for me, it was having somebody come clean my house every single week. I was like, oh, that's not something like people like me have. And then I was like, well, why not? <laughs> so now we have you know, we have cleaners that come every single week and it frees up space and time and makes me feel awesome. So f- figure out that one thing, whether it's being, you know, go get a, going and getting a massage weekly or something that feels like, oh, that's not for me yet. Do it now. 
Beautiful. Yeah, we call that the why not me method. Yeah. Um, because we just have to tune in with what we want. And sometimes we get those blocks saying, oh, you can't have that, but why not you? Mm-hmm. So let's everyone take that inspiration and run with it. All right, Tasha, thank you so much for being here. We are so grateful for your time and excited to have you at I Heart My Life Live. So for everyone listening, make sure you get your ticket. Tasha is also one of our incredible mentors in the Scale Up Business Accelerator. So if you want to work with her personally and get this knowledge literally on a daily basis in our Slack group and bi-weekly in her incredible workshops, then definitely apply and join us. We'd love to have you in the program. Thank you, Tasha. Thank you. I hope you love today's episode. Tasha is amazing. We're so grateful to have her as one of the mentors in our program. So as I mentioned, if you want to apply for the Scale Up Business Accelerator, make sure you do so using the link in the show notes. Also get your ticket for I Heart My Life Live to join us on stage. Go to iheartmylifelive.com. And definitely take action on one or many of the things that Tasha mentioned on this podcast episode. I love her batching recommendation. Think about how that would change your life. Maybe you also want to start hiring or maybe you want to start outsourcing in a bigger way. So this is your opportunity. Take action now. Thank you for listening to the I Heart My Life show. For more inspiration, success tips, and ways to achieve your life and business goals, definitely follow me on Facebook and Instagram on I Heart My Life Now. See you next time.